0: Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger.
1: It's a good year to be bad. It's an excellent year to be bad. The Holenka-Gretzky
2: Cup definitely made me feel better about the impending implosion of the Detroit Red Wings. It's not an implosion.
1: No, we're already there, actually. What do you mean implosion? Just, this is part of the, all part of the plan, Brad. No, we knew this. The implosion is the plan. This is what year five of uh this team performing exactly how uh expectations are. Or, you know, it should be at least. We're we're seasoned vets. We don't there's no implosion. We know what's to come. It's not gonna be all woe and sadness. Last year was our uh our year of okay, we knew we were gonna be bad. But this is still tough. This year, we're going to weather the storm. There's going to be silver linings. There's going to be Larkins and Zadinas, and maybe even some Volano mixed in there. It's going to be a full year of people wondering aloud if we're going to pick a goalie at number four. Yeah, maybe. And I might not
2: hate it, given the way Askarov has played the last year. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you lo- we're going to talk about our death trial a little not bit Not my <laughs> choice, but I wouldn't hate it because, oh my God, he yeah. just won Russia a gold
1: medal. Yeah, Askarov is... like. People were saying Askarov rivals Knight in terms of I think he's, he's going to blow way past it in terms of like pre-draft hype, draft position provides provided nothing goes terribly wrong this season. Craig Button is isn't for everyone, but he's on record saying Askarov's the
2: best goalie prospect since Carey Price.
1: Ooh, who got drafted first, Flurry or Price? Flurry, yeah, Flurry was Flurry was drafted right? two years before Carey Price. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco.
0: I am hungover.
1: Hey, that's good. That means you're here, at least. Yes. Evan, uh, we were planning the episode, and we were mapping out the time, and Evan goes, I don't know. I'm going to be really hungover. I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's an improvement. That's at least uh, here. So what time are you going to be passably hungover? Uh, I don't know. We actually, you (laughs) were still getting there. I don't know. The fun fact is, Evan didn't actually agree on any time. We just kind of told him when it was going to be.
0: Yeah, he I couldn't. It. I couldn't confirm anything.
1: When you lived in your old place, I'm not sure if you would have made it. But this is only like what a five six minute drive for you. Yes, if mm. I get the lights to <laughs> to the podcast headquarters, there was someone today doing thirty and a sixty in front of me.
0: Yeah, that is K. W. has the worst drivers in the world. Oh
1: God,
2: confirmed. I, as someone who drove for four days in montreal not that long ago you are wrong you're still like uh, i'm so angry at that city still <laughs> well guess who's got
1: to do it again soon <laughs> brad we have flights and a hotel book yes
2: and we will be walking and ubering everywhere next time and that is much better and yeah. we also will not be leaving old montreal and downtown montreal and that
1: will be better amazing uh on this episode of the winged wheel podcast in the thick of the off season we are going to be talking about uh, a few relevant red wing stories um Nicholas Cronwall had an interesting uh, Swedish interview come out recently, so we'll talk about uh, that, what that means for him, and then dive into a little bit about what that means for the depth chart uh, in Detroit and Grand Rapids. So it's a little bit of an interesting topic. It's a sticky one. You guys are going to get mad at us for sure, but what else is new? Uh, Dylan Larkin. I mean, that goes without saying what we're going to be talking about there, and then we're going to be talking a little bit about the Holinka, stuff around the league, and then maybe some prospect and player profiles before getting into overtime. All right, Nick Cronwall uh, had a, believe it was like a Swedish interview.
2: Yeah, it was confusing, especially since his anor- answers weren't Finnish, but
1: <laughs> translated either way. Um, basically, he's talked about how he's felt good this offseason. He got some good rest, and he's switched up his uh, offseason training and recovery technique so a lot less high impact weights and a lot more explosivity training explosiveness training in like uh, water and stuff that's a little bit easier on his joints is that what we're calling swimming these days mm-hmm. yeah well i mean that's how he described it so i, I know what it is i'm just being facetious mm. can you spell facetious F-E-C. no, no. <laughs> so- <laughs> i think i've asked you to spell it before too and i think you got it right so maybe you just haven't had a. Co- oh you don't drink coffee never mind oh <laughs> Slight aside, remember when someone asked us that five fingers, each finger is a drink question? Yeah. I didn't say coffee. Well, you're doomed now, buddy. You, you ruined it. God, I have to drink Coca-Cola for caffeine for the rest of my life. As if my teeth weren't bad enough. Anyhow, uh, Nick Cronwall talked a little bit about um, his plans on maybe coming back this year. He, he acknowledged what Eisman said where he said, uh, it's nice that Eisman said, I could have a spot if I want to come back this year. Um, We chatted about that in the past. I mean, feelings on Cronwall's side, it is... I I do take Eisman at his word when he says that. Um, But up until this point, it seemed pretty solid that Cronwall wasn't going to be back. Um, Chatted with some people who are familiar with the organization. Some people, you know, in the organization. And the general vibe has been... That Cronwall doesn't seem like he's gonna come back. No one had a definitive answer. So it's not like someone's sitting on an answer here and they're just waiting to announce it, which is why there's so much uncertainty surrounding uh, his potential return. But yeah, up until like earlier this week, no one really would have guessed that he was gonna make it back. Um, but this interview has kind of thrown everyone for a loop. The fact that he's feeling good, the fact that he feels like he's recovering better uh, and that he can, you know, maybe muster out another year and he has that kind of open ticket, so if he wants it, it's his. I don't know. I think it's possible now.
2: I think it's likely now. And um, I'm not going to say bringing Cronwell back would be a mistake, because it's not. He's better than at least half the defensemen the Red Wings would otherwise deploy on defense. So I can't say he'd be a downgrade on, on many players, but um, as some of you saw when I was bored... At lunch at work earlier this week, I just threw together a visualization of a depth chart just so I had something myself to quickly reference as I needed and can update as the year goes on. However bad you think the logjam of defense on this, of, I'm, I'm not even say logjam of defense, logjam of mediocre defense on this team is, it's worse. Just looking at the left side alone, which is where Cronwall would play, and I'll, I'll throw Trevor Daly to the right side just because you'd have to. DeKaiser, Nemeth, Cholosky, Erickson, Cronwall, Hicketts, Lashoff. Hicketts is no longer wa- waiver eligible. Erickson's no longer an NHL player. Dennis Cholosky is no longer needed in the AHL. Uh, and yet two of those three are almost certainly going to be sent down. It won't be Erickson, so take that for what it is. No. Nah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Basically, right now, here's the, the overall view. Not to get too wordy here, but if the Red Wings went with eight defensemen and 13 forwards on the active roster, so essentially healthy, scratching 2D, one forward every night, the the projected eight defensemen on the Red Wings would be DeKaiser, heronic, Nemeth, Green, Cronwall, Bowie, Erickson, Daly. Which means Cholosky, Hicketts, Kasky. I'll go to Grand Rapids. And then in Grand Rapids, you'd have Cholosky, Kasky, Hicketts, Lindstrom. Well, I'm not even gonna say Hickets cause he wouldn't clear, uh, lash off, Sari Arvey and McElrath. So if Cronwell comes back and the Red Wings unload, nobody, Vili sorry, is primed to be a healthy scratch in Grand Rapids. Dennis Cholosky is primed to spend the entire year in the AHL until there's an injury. Madison Bowie probably doesn't play a game up until January. And Jonathan Erickson and Trevor Daly will
1: rotate healthy scratches. Okay, so all of this is assuming health. This is all assuming health, yes. Erickson, Daly, Green are all notoriously injured. Yeah, they will not stay healthy for the full year. I give it 10-15 games throughout the whole season where all three of those are healthy. And that's you know assuming no one else is injured as well.
0: And when one of them
2: goes down, the Red Wings still have a big problem with this logjam.
0: I can't imagine Cronwell will play back-to-backs... Uh, we said that last year, and I think he played eight, all 82, didn't God
1: he? God damn it. Uh, McElrath, why wouldn't he be the healthy scratch over?
2: Sorry, RV. Because uh, the only two air quotations veterans Grand Rapids has for this year right now is Lashoff and McElrath. Uh, does that really matter so much? Uh, to Detroit, yes. Would I say to other teams? No, absolutely not. But again, it's the, the biggest problem with this logjam isn't coming in December. It's coming October 5th. Or whatever the cutoff date is. October 5th is the first game. Because they just signed Joe Hicketts, who I think most of the fan base agrees, is a good bottom pairing NHL option. He's not going to be the game changer. He's not going to be the story changer for the Red Wings. But he's a better, younger option than a lot of on the roster. And if they don't clear something up, he's gone.
1: Why don't... Madison Bowie wasn't an Eisenman acquisition. I think he's pretty... He has a lot more fluidity in, ter- in terms of how you can use him. If you want to not play him, you can do that. If you want to try and move him for a piece, you could probably get a piece for him. Or even if you just need to clear up a spot, that's a guy that you can just send out into waivers and have him be claimed, most likely. A lot of fans won't like that. I know a lot of people are still holding out that Madison Bowie might still be something. I'm not... You're right. When you, well, like we, we've had this conversation umpteen mm-hmm. times now where you say Madison Bowie is a, You would rather have Madison Bowie in the bottom pair than, you know, Erickson or Daly. And I agree. But it's just not the reality that we're working with.
2: But the thing is, though, it can be the reality. This is going to be kind of my first real impression of Iserman as Red Wings GM with hard decisions because if you're. You can no longer use the argument, at least the Red Wings can't, that you need Erickson or Daly for veteran presence on the blue line because you have Green, you have Nemeth, you have DeKaiser. That's half your defense. Bowie's played in a full NHL season now. Heronik's gotten close, I, I assume. And Cronwell will be there then, assuming. So they don't need them for anything at this point. They're not good players. They were, what, statistically speaking, two of the bottom five defensemen in the NHL last year? Yeah. Like, according to a bunch of metrics, not yeah, even one. It
1: like, it, yeah, two. it was like Doms and someone else's. Erickson and Daly featured heavily on the worst defenseman. Bottom
2: five, bottom ten on both lists. Yeah. It's, there is no reason for them to be on this roster anymore. And you're right with your argument about, is Green and DeKaiser and all them going to stay healthy this year? No, absolutely not. But here's the problem. We're talking about depth. You can't tell me at this point that, Kasky, Bowie, Hicketts, Lashoff, Malkaroth can't plug in just as
1: effectively. Okay. This is what I think the realistic scenario is. Eisenman, start of the offseason. He's new to the organization by all for all intents and purposes. He's familiar with Cronwell as a person, respects his tenure on the team, and he sees the outlook for this team for the next two to three seasons at least. Played instead. with Cronwell for two years, too, yeah. I believe, yeah. Uh, and he sees the outlook for this team, and he says this team isn't win any, winning anything. He essentially says as much in his first like five presses just to set the expectation. So he says, all right, here's what I have to prepare for. There's going to be a defensive log jam. It's not a pretty defensive core, so any tough decision I have to make is going to be like an Alexei Marchenko-level impact. It's not really going to be terrible. At worst, I have to keep a young guy down a little bit more than I want to. I have to sign Patrick Nemeth because I need someone to fill that gap in all likelihood because Cronwall probably won't be back. Now, that doesn't mean I'm closing the door on Cronwall, but I have to plan for if he's not there. And not only that, Patrick Nemeth is more capable by all rights than nearly every other defenseman we have on the roster so he's at least he's not moving the needle so much where we're going to be winning games and moving into out of a lottery position but he's at least providing some support for a top four defensive group um a top four defensive not that Detroit has a top four defensive group um hey you could you could argue very much now that DeKaiser,
2: Kronik, and Green could be top four defensemen on other teams they wouldn't be top pairing (laughs) <laughs> and
1: two of them are going to be top pairing guys, so that's the problem. But so he said that that's my plan. Now I'm going to sleep at night, and I'm thinking, man, if Cronwell comes back, what do I have to do? It's going to be painful. But the reality is, players will be injured, and the toughest decisions that I'll have to make are possibly losing, losing Joe Hicketts to waivers, and maybe keeping Dennis Cholosky down for more of the year than I wanted to.
2: Losing, uh, keeping Dennis Cholosky in the AHL this year for longer than I wanted to is acceptable. Not ideal, not what I would like, but fine. It's not a game breaker. But when you lose a valuable player, whether it's as an AHL depth or a bottom pairing in the NHL like Joe Hicketts, f- for no other reason than to just ride out the last year of Erickson and Daly's contracts, they, that's it's minor, I agree with you, but it's still inexcusable to me.
1: Uh, I think it's pretty excusable. This is a GM who's inheriting a team. Where he's locked into all of these deals. He has no incentive to win right now. And all of these guys are gone in 12 months. 12 months. That's, that's exactly my point. If, if Jonathan Erickson had a, was
2: younger and in the middle of his awful contract right now, I wouldn't agree with it. But I could hear the case then of why you lose to Joe Hicketts. Because you're stuck with Jonathan Erickson for three, four more years no matter what. Him and Daly are gone gone after this season. There is almost no downside to waiving them, trading them for almost literally nothing. Okay, you, uh. I, I think someone would take Daly for like a conditional seventh, honestly. There's teams that need depth, and he's not good, but other, the NHL hasn't fully realized this yet, as certain articles written recently have proven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just... It makes no sense to me because Detroit won't be able to keep hickets, even keeping eight defensemen on this roster. And I agree with you. I think this is what's going to happen. I think we are going to see DeKaiser, Hironik, Nemeth, Green, Cronwell, Bowie, Erickson, Daly as the eight on the roster come October 5th. I, I'm i almost positive that's what's going to happen, unless there's an injury in preseason. Right. Um, so that means we lose Hickets because ugh, I can see a world he doesn't get claimed on waivers, but I wouldn't bet on it.
1: I would say there's a 40% chance he gets claimed every time they try to put him through waivers. That's where I have it at in my head. I put it over 50. Not not much over 50. I'd say 60 to 70. So here's the thing. I don't like the idea of losing Hicketts either. But remove Hicketts, the idea, like our connection to Hicketts from the player. That is a replaceable amount of talent. Not It's not that he's not valuable. I think he's valuable. And in a perfect world, he would be the number six, number seven guy on this team right now. But if they lose him, it's not great. It sucks, but it's replaceable. Yeah, it's not great. He's, like you said, he's a replacement level
2: player. But do you know who's below replacement level player? Two to three players ahead of him on the depth chart right now. Honestly, I would prefer to ride those guys out instead of buying them out. Uh, you don't even need to buy them out. We don't need cap space this year. You simply wave them and eat the full cap hit this season. Oh, I
1: would love to do that. But let's. I, I think the, the amount of roster control... Like, the, a lot of roster control, uh, you know, this might not be pretty for some fans to hear, still lays with Jeff Blasio, and Jeff Blasio will never agree to waive these guys. Oh,
2: I agree 110%. Yeah, like, again, I don't
1: – If we're brave, everything
2: I'm saying right now I do not think is going to happen. I think your reality is going to be the reality that comes true. But
1: it's just – if we're bringing waivers into play, I would love to do it. It's just we're so jaded to the idea of, like, waving an aging veteran. Or, like, we're, we're so away from that because it just will never happen with this team. Although, how impressed would we be if Eiserman made that decision and forced that? No, and that's the only
2: reason I ha- I'm even bringing this up. Because if this were still Holland, as much as I defended Holland in his last year for finally accepting the rebuild, this is the part of the rebuild he never mm-hmm. accepted. And I, would, I wouldn't I would even entertain this as an idea. We would not be having this conversation. Just because it's Iserman, it's
1: worth bringing up because... It might happen. Yes. (laughs) Now, dumb, stupid Ryan is going to talk for a second. Stupid tinfoil hat theory Ryan is going to talk for a second. We're trading Cholosky.
0: No. That would be too stupid. Guess who just asked for a trade 47 minutes ago? Dennis Cholosky. Rasmus Ristolainen. Ah, He requested a trade. Yeah, Detroit
2: needs
1: to avoid that like the plague. Yeah, (laughs) but he's been... With all the moves Buffalo has been making, someone had to go. <laughs> Ristolainen's a funny one because he's uh, a lot of GMs love him, like he's kind of a hockey coach's player. Um, but a lot of like the analytics community really is down on Ristolainen. He Rist- plays
0: a bajillion minutes a night.
1: Yeah. on a bad team,
0: he's going to be. Uh, just
2: get ready now for the arguments of is he bad because of the team or <laughs> is he just bad. I could see an argument for both, but when I watch Ristolainen, he's almost the definition of all the
1: tools, none of the toolbox. Um, yeah, no, not Dennis Cholosky. He didn't request a trade, but here's my tinfoil hat, and I brought this up before. Ristolainen and a Kaiser top pairing. Stop it. Stop it that now that's ken holland speaking get out get, get ready out. get ready
2: for a month and a half of it until he's traded buddy get out
1: oh god i can already my, i'm not i twitter bitter. notifications are already coming
2: he will cost more than he's worth and he will not be an
1: improvement on anybody on this roster well okay not anybody but not on the top pairing okay so eisenman understands all these painful things to come these tough decisions that we just talked about A small part of him, and this is tinfoil hat me, this isn't what I would actively go out and you know bet money on, but a small part of him may be thinking, all right, I'm going to keep these aging veterans up. It's going to suck for the team. We're going to take some hits in terms of development time, whatever, and we are going to be god-awful and have the best chance for Alexi Lafrenier. (laughs) I think, no, I I shouldn't say I think, but a lot of these moves could be... Izerman inherited a team that's still handcuffed. Just because we changed the GM doesn't remove all of the holds, you know, cement blocks and rock bottoms that this team is dealing with. Izerman's probably coming in saying, "All right, I'll wait it out. What else am I supposed to do? Move the needle a little bit so we move, you know, from bottom 5 to bottom 10? What's the point of that? Why don't I just go for a Lafreniere, a Holtz, a Raymond? These contracts are here, I can't move them. I could waive them. I could or I could just ride it out." You know, bring players up as injuries warrant. And other than that, if we suck, we suck. It is what it is. And he's braced the fan base to suck for the next little while. So what incentive does he have to suck mildly less now when that's not what matters? What matters is coming out of this rebuild in two to three years and having a chance to actually compete. When the, when this team is competing in a playoff spot, no one's gonna be saying, oh man, you know, year one of the Eisenman rebuild was so excellent. Uh we were, you know, 21st in the league instead of 29th. What they're gonna be thinking is, man, who are we playing in the first round of the playoffs? This rebuild was so long, we're so pumped to get back to the postseason, right? Like again, I don't think any GM will actually come and outright say that I'm tanking. He's probably not even calling that in his head. He's just doing a, a little bit of a cost benefit, maybe, and thinking, why why am I going to you know, twist sideways to to try and get it, make us a little better now, when it's actually beneficial to kind of suck for a little bit.
2: He just watched a week of Lefrenier and Raymond and Holtz, and then another week of Byfield, Perfetti, Drysdale, and he's like, you know what? Yes, please.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the only Twitter hashtags that were trending more than like vault the mech from Fortnite and anything about Epstein was uh Col- or uh Perfetti goal Perfetti yeah goal Perfetti. All, all over Twitter. That was my entire feed. I'm like, how many times has this guy scored? Oh, yeah, a lot. Cole, literally Jonathan Tays Profetti. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> when was the last time someone scored three shootout goals and one shootout to win it?
1: I uh, apologize to both of you now because I hope you know every single overtime question, comment, and Twitter mention that we have for the next six months is going to be. Their opinion on the concept of tanking, because because it's a new GM, we're gonna have the tanking argument all over again.
2: <laughs> it's gonna suck. Here's why we're not gonna have that conversation or that argument. The Red Wings couldn't do anything but tank with this
1: roster if they wanted to. I like we'll to wave some guys and just tank a little less hard, mildly less hard. Yeah, tank. but depending on the guys they wave, that might tank That's more hard, harder. Tank, har- tank two, tank more harderer. Yeah, the <laughs> tank two, the retanking. Yeah, so the the defensive depth chart, like you were explaining all that to me, and you're right. There's a logjam. This is gonna make be some painful moves. But you know what I see? A bunch of Alexi Marchenko's. <laughs> That's it's, all it's it is, true. up and down. The any impact guy, or any guy that this team should be hopeful for two to three years out from now is not going anywhere. Just in the meantime, it's just shuffling around Alexi Marchenko's. And I'm sorry to. And this is for, for listeners. Tassky and Lindstrom are upset.
2: Yeah, well, whatever. Let's, let's. I don't know. I, I agree, Marchenko's, but still, I'm not as big on Lindstrom as everybody else. But
1: well, that's the thing. Right now, you're not, and I think you're justified in feeling that way. But I'm it, hoping a big year in Grand Rapids will change that for me, and that's exactly it. This isn't his time to be involved in that. But Lindstrom y- is removed from it because he has a, he can't have a big year in Grand Rapids. But you
2: know why Lindstrom might be relevant for this is because he might not be have have the opportunity to have a big year in Grand Rapids because he might be playing 11 minutes a night on the bottom pairing.
1: Yeah, I think Vili sorry,
2: factors into this, and in I don't even with as it's constructed. Sorry, doesn't play this year. We'll chat. We'll chat later when we ta- chat You're, about the your starting three RPG right profile. D right now are probably Kasky,
1: McAlath, Lindstrom. Yeah, they'll flip them. They'll flip them to the other sides. Dylan Larkin uh, did an interview where he said that he felt ready for the captaincy. Correct. Next topic. <laughs> we do this a lot.
0: Justin an applicator says, what?
1: Okay, I don't think it, it'll factor in, and I think Cronwall would actively, because he's a, you know, very you know, classy, respectable veteran in this league. But just to, to to have the conversation, if Cronwell comes back, does that affect Larkin getting the C at all? Um, okay, let me ask you a question before I answer that.
2: Who do you think has the ultimate decision on who gets a captaincy, Blashill or Iserman?
1: Ultimate decision? Iserman. He'll never say it, but I think it... Then, Iserman. no, it doesn't affect Larkin getting the C. Now... Do you think it's possible that Blashill holds the power? If Blashill Kate went to Eiserman and said, Look, I know you want to give it to Larkin, but I really don't think it's right to pass over Cronwell. Let's give it to Cronwell for his final season. What do you think Iserman would say to that?
0: <laughs> Who are you and why are you in my office? Oh, you're the coach? Oh, geez. Good. I never yeah. I never yeah, Okay, that we'll back. do something about that. <laughs> uh, I don't
2: I think if Blashill, like it was a hill he's willing to die on. I don't think Iserman's gonna push that hard. But uh, this team doesn't do one year captains though that's No that, and that's the reason I don't think Cronwell would actually Get it either way Because yeah it's you don't, you don't give a guy A C for one year And if they were going to give Cronwell the captain that year has come and gone If they gave it to him last year And he wrote it out for two years fine I'd have no problem with it But they missed the boat Because they decided to just run out a bunch of assistants For some reason which by the way I hate Every single time a team does that um, so yeah, like how did the Leafs not have a captain yet?
1: It's not like they're short on candidates. Well, I mean, Mitch Marner's not signed, right? Oh, it's T- just Morgan Riley. They're just waiting to give it to
2: Morgan Riley. That's John Tavares, it- Austin Matthews, like pick one, give it to Zach effing Hyman for all I care. Just pick someone Babcock. The entire hockey world hates you right now. And I'm here for it. Honestly. Oh,
1: that reminds me, uh, Evan, I'm going to send you screenshots of two different teams And uh, this was for our Patreon exclusive episode. Oh, okay, yeah. Brad and I did a mock draft. Yeah. And um, we, excluding ELCs because those are cheating. We went one like back and forth, one each. And oh, I just read your, (laughs) I just read your message on on Messenger, (laughs) just pooping out the poison. Then I'll be on my way. Um, We selected one player each, or not one player each. We took turns selecting players to make the best cap compliant team possible. So I'm going to send you both. I'm not going to tell you who's or who's, unless you already have looked or listened.
0: <laughs> oh, Ryan. Yeah, You're funny.
1: So you read through these, and as we continue the episode, I want you to tell us which team you would prefer to have. Okay. Now, I- I'm pretty confident in the choice. I actually would probably pick against myself, but I want to see what you say. Um, yeah, so if Cronwell comes back... And if the, eyes, or if the decision lays with Blashill and ultimately with Eisem to make the final call, here's what I can see happening. They know it's going to be Larkin. They talk to Larkin and say, it will be you. But look, Cronwell came back. Let's at least offer it to him. Larkin will say, yeah, obviously. They offer it to Cronwell. Cronwell says, no, appreciate it. Thank you, Larks. This is all yours. That's what I think would happen. I don't think it'll factor. In all likelihood. yeah, Yeah.
2: But with this team...
0: Who the hell knows? I knows? I know which one, Which team is Brad's. Which one is Brad's? Brad's the like, Rain Man Moneyball team. Which one's that? The Nathan McKinnon team. Yeah?
1: So which one do you, would you want more?
0: I'm not done reading it. Okay, keep reading. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so we, we brought attention to that point, not because we think it's anything relevant, but just because people are going to be talking about it.
0: This is Brad's team. All right. Is it Brad's team? Well, you have to tell. Will
1: you make your decision? And at the end, we'll we'll, we'll we reveal. You cannot all. have any bias
2: in who you think would actually win in a in a game of hockey between those two teams. Yeah.
0: Ugh, I need to remember how to read. <laughs> we he's,
2: he's like, I'm seeing three
0: teams right now. I'm confused. <laughs> Why is Jonathan Taves playing defense? <laughs> oh, it's Devin Taves. <laughs> i thought that was a joke at first
1: <laughs> yeah for any of you who, who are wondering why we go down to uh one episode a week in the off season it's because we uh, take turns driving evan to the sylvan reading center it's true the math whiz but really really can't re- read at all no nope. and I, I can't speak so it works Yep. brad how did you end up being the capable one out of that whole bit yes yeah all right um that's enough talk about things that really don't deserve more attention than the first 30 minutes of an episode. Yeah. <laughs> we can only get that much length out of those topics in the offseason. Uh, the Ivan Holenka-Gretzky terminate.
0: Jesus. Sure. Terminant. All right. right t- I made my decision. Okay. okay. It's the Connor McDavid team.
1: Thank you, Evan. That's-
0: wow, that was not your <laughs> team?
1: No, I had the Moneyball team. I got Wow, yeah. I was completely wrong. First overall pick, Sidney Crosby. Third
2: overall pick, Connor McDavid. I think I took Gibson fourth. Who did you take first?
1: McKinnon.
0: I mean, yeah. I I took McKinnon, and then I... So before we started, Brad said... Wait, nobody had Ovechkin, eh? No, it was... I took... I took Yeah.
2: You just have to consider value at that point, right? I took Crosby McDavid just to get the superstars, and then I had to
0: moneyball the shit out of it from there. I mean, your center depth is... Unreal.
2: insane dude i took mark mark shifley was my second last pick because i yeah. had enough cap space we
1: were both just waiting to see if we had the cap space for mark shifley and you didn't i didn't we um so before we started brad said we're snaking like if you draft first and i draft second and third or if you know like because there's three guys and there's no way i'm letting you get away with two of them i was like no there's no point snaking with two people that's dumb let's just go one two one two and brad's eyes lit up and then we he ended up getting first overall pick thank you and rock, then uh, paper scissors and then i went <laughs> he took Crosby, and I was like, All right, I'll take McKinnon because I don't think he'll take McDavid next. And he goes, McDavid. And I went, I see it. It. I see now why he wanted to. See. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. That I makes told sense.
2: you within two to three picks, my strategy would be abundantly clear.
1: But where I really think I, I really like my center depth, but where I really think that he uh, excelled was uh, grabbing Gibson. Gibson at that value. Yeah, was gold goaltenders.
0: Nuts. I mean, UC Saros is good,
1: but. Yeah, yeah, that was Moneyball pick. Yeah, um, for those of you who aren't patrons, we'll post these teams—not uh, the episode, but we'll post the teams uh, on Twitter for you guys to look at in a little while. We're gonna let that uh, brew a little bit with our patrons. Your
0: goaltending dollars are one fifth. Bobrovsky's. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, they are. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. It got to the point where I took like Brandon Peary and Brad was like, no, damn it. (laughs) Oh, the Patreon episode is
2: worth listening to. Just for Ryan's reaction when I took Kevin LeBanc like
1: fifth overall. I was so mad at you. I keep <laughs> thinking about that, and I keep getting more angry. The more I think <laughs> about Kevin LeBanc, the angrier I, I get. <laughs> and what I'll say outwardly is because, oh, you know, the players should get what they're worth, and you're screwed over your colleagues, Kevin, and, you know, this loyalty won't buy you anything. It'll just cost you dollars. But really what I'm mad about is my mock draft where he screwed me over with the, that. The Kadri pick was good, too, by Brad. Yeah, Kadri pick was good. That was, that was
2: that my last pick or second last it was late. It was a very is late. The pick. No, the bottom
0: of your depth chart. No,
2: cuz I
1: had to take my goalie, my backup goalie with the last pick, I believe. So, Brad was behind me. He like he had less cap space than me the whole time, and so I was like, I wasn't worried about him taking guys like Kadri, and then he took a bunch of great value picks all in a row. Josh Anderson, LeBanc. yeah, Kevin LeBanc. This is a glass table and I'm going to punch through it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the Holenka tournament. It was a fun. It was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. We did that with zero uh like I was literally able to drive from Windsor to, to Waterloo, and uh, Brad said, Why don't we do this for our uh, Patreon exclusive? It's been asked for. I was like, Oh, shoot. It's like, I've done no prep. And the whole drive up, I still did no prep. I listened to audiobooks. <laughs> and then we sat down, and I like our prep was like two minutes of me going, like- uh, <laughs> It was fun. Please talk to us about the Holinka tournament while I get myself organized. This draft
2: is real good. So um, unfortunately, due to it being in Europe, we couldn't watch it in in as much detail as we wanted because, you know, we work. Mm -hmm. Um, But the bits and pieces I did catch, the top end of this draft is really good. So the World Junior Summer Showcase, which was two weeks ago, which we already talked about, uh, just proved to us how good Alexi Lafreniere, Lucas Raymond and Alex Holtz are. Holtz and Raymond did not play in the Holinka because of the summer showcase and their pro seasons are starting in Europe. Lafreniere, because he's a late birthday and too old. But this was a great opportunity to see some other potential top 10 picks like Yaroslav Askarov, the Russian goalie, Cole Perfetti, Quinton Byfield, the Canada forwards, Jamie Drysdale, the Canadian defenseman, Mm -hmm. and um, none of them disappointed. Quinton Byfield to me... I didn't get to watch a ton of him in Sudbury last year. I caught a bit, but he was a 16-year-old. So as good of a season as he had, you could tell he was very limited in a bunch of ways. So this, And when you see a a prospect who's really strong and much bigger than his opponents, you get worried that it might just be a case of Lawson-Kraus syndrome. He was good because he was bigger and stronger. Right. That is not the case with Quentin Byfield. Yeah, he's sick. He is unreal. Scored a scored a Merrick Malik tweener, had a made a bunch of other skill plays, had a ridiculous assist in the first game, behind the back spinorama to a forward who was streaking through the, through the slot, not even stationary. He uh real good.
1: Yeah, that highlighted him in front of the net. Like that move was so like natural. It, like he planned on doing it. Yeah. He looked at the puck and said, yeah, I'm going to do this and just slid it between it. it. was nuts. And now also prepare for a full year of
2: heated arguments, uh, between the eye test and the analytics on one prospect in particular, Cole perfetti. Mm. Because when you sit down and watch Cole perfetti play hockey, there is absolutely nothing about his game that jumps out at you. The word dynamic Does not come to mind with Cole Perfetti like it does with Quentin Byfield. He's not very big. He's not particularly fast. And uh, he's not. His shot's good, but I wouldn't say it's overpowering. But he just had the single highest scoring tournament in Halinka Gretzky Cup history. He had 12 points in five Five games, games. plus scoring three shootout goals in one shootout to win it. He is the definition of a player who just gets it. He is always in the right spot, always makes the right play, knows how to take advantage of defensemen and goaltend- goaltenders' weaknesses. And his Now, where he does excel is his hands are exceptionally quick, his brain is exceptionally quick, and his shot is well above average. So you combine those things together and you get a very smart player. I actually struggle to find an NHL comparable for Cole Perfetti. I, I honestly truly do the the best one I've been able to come up with so far is Shifley. But Shifley's a center and Perfetti uh perfetti's a winger, so not a perfect comparison, but just in the the type of they don't really blow you away with their skill, but then when you actually watch the details, they're way more
1: skilled than you realize. So like I said,
2: prepare a full year of the eye test versus the results.
1: Do you have all too early question? Do you have Cole Perfetti right now in your top five? I actually put together my preliminary – started
2: piecing together my um, rankings list. I think I got up to the high teens before I didn't have enough information to keep ranking. So I do not remember where I put Perfetti. Let me check.
1: I have him – As of right now, I have him at number five. I was going to say I have him five or six. I I switched between five and six. Okay.
2: So my uh, my real quick – top 10 which um obviously is going to change a whole bunch of times as the year goes on and we watch more i've got Lafrenier, raymond byfield holtz perfetti lapierre drysdale askrov rossi lundell oh wow our top five is almost you have lundell that low huh not as big on him as everybody else but again, it could, it's kind of... I'm arguing against myself because I don't see anything dynamic with him either. But he also hasn't put up the numbers Perfetti has, so...
1: Lafrenier, uh Raymond, Byfield, Holtz, Lundell, Perfetti.
2: Okay, so you have Perfetti, six. Yeah.
1: I think Askarov, I'm going
2: to... He's going to bump up. I, like after Because I put these together um, after the semifinals. Um, no, after the round robin. So... Yeah, I I, God, I don't know how you can keep Askarov out of oh, to the top five if he continues this. Not that I would pick a goalie in the top five, but if we're
1: just going on straight up talent. Oh, man, he's going to make a case. Yeah. So if you guys hated everything we talked about with uh, this window of competition being at least two years away for Detroit, silver linings. This is a hell of a year to suck. Yeah, it's a good. T- it does not suck to suck this year. You know how we always say sucks to suck. It does not suck to suck this year we cannot use that phrase at all for the next 12 months. Like cuz this the the draft that just passed,
2: i really liked the last draft all the way up until the mid 20s. Like legitimately really liked almost every player i put in that range. Uh this draft i don't love past pick 12 right now. So it's a good year to suck.
1: Uh, we apparently haven't done a player profile on Taro Hirose. I can't, again, we keep, I I can't remember who we've done and who we haven't at this point because it's all been so piecework because as we got closer to the draft, we just got draft exclusive episodes and, uh, I stupidly got rid of my notes where I was keeping track of what we did, but if we haven't done Taro Hirose, or if we have, we're going to do him again today. Someone asked about the outlook on Taro Hirose. Uh, so for this upcoming season, a little bit about the kind of player he
2: are is. we counting him as our roster player preview
1: or no. our prospect pre- he's a roster player preview
2: okay so yeah who's our prospect after
1: uh we're gonna talk about sorry rv even okay. if we already have i just okay. want to talk a little we haven't bit. talked about sorry every this year okay uh so Taro Horosi um surprised people by being very effective out of the gate for detroit Mind you, this is an end of the season audition these games stop mattering for the red wings a long time ago etc cetera, etc cetera, so i wouldn't cemented that he's going to have that same kind of performance but the reason why people are so excited including us is the way he performed wasn't due to you know due to uh due to fluke goals or you know playing with extremely talented players this was a guy that played a very intelligent game made some very smart decisions on the ice and showed some extremely skilled moves uh to set up plays for goals Um, he made the players around him look good and he was an integral, integral part of a lot of like high performance plays. High, high, high hockey IQ from Taro Hiroshi, which is why on a team where there's not a lot of top end talent, he could slot in at that top six and actually look decent while doing it. And that's the expectation for him this year is that he slots in that middle six lineup, uh, makes the players around him better, whether he's playing with an aging veteran, you know, Franz Nielsen or whatever. And and he actually gets some production out of that line or he ends up on a line full of young guns and is that piece in there where he can provide some uh, talent and basically sufficient talent to keep the play going instead of uh, just an applicator who would kill the play because he's, you know, in the wrong spot or can't keep up or what have you. You could have do done because he's just an advocate or we would have got it, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways,
2: um, Hiroshi showed a lot of chemistry with Athenasiou towards the end of the year. He so, did, yeah. So I think Hiroshi has the inside track to get that second line winger spot right now with Athenasiou and then Nielsen and or Philpla. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Nielsen, that line. That line clicked. That'd be a passable second line this year. By NHL standards, it's not going to be good. But for a rebuilding team, it'll be good. It's it's basically is he going to hold off Zadina for that that right wing spot there because again going back to the jet Jerm Hawk mock together uh, the Red Wings right side is a uh, real bad cuz he's basically got to compete with Mantha's going to be on the top line right wing that's not going to change and then the next four right wingers are Hiroshi Zadina Rasmussen Ablocator.
1: What are we looking at right now
0: This is you on the oh this is you on the golf course That's you. But just wait. (laughs) So it's a pro tracer and the guy shanks it and then he throws his club and it goes straight. (laughs) And the the tracer picks it up.
1: The trick is uh, I shank right. Uh, Oh, yeah. I lined up five feet in front of like a driving range net. And (laughs) you miss it. I missed it. (laughs) Oh, boy. I went straight to the right. Something's wrong with me, man. I don't know. I don't know what That's golf. That's yeah. golf. Yeah, Taro is, um was a great pickup. Now, is Taro Horoshi going to score 50 points? Maybe. I would be thoroughly surprised. I wouldn't bet on it, but he was at uh, at
2: that pace last year. Yeah, again. And would- opportunity is going to matter. Is he playing on the third line? Is he going to be playing on the second line? That's going to make a huge difference. Is he playing on the power play? Is he not? Also going to make a big difference. So circumstances is going to matter a lot with him. And if he earns... Uh, those power play minutes, and he earns those second-line minutes, I think 45 points would be a good benchmark um, for that'd
0: him. That would be pretty darn good.
1: That should be your next jersey. You usually get the jersey of the Goons, but you could step up. This isn't like an all-star by any means, but you can get a talented player this time. Hiroshi, and his number he changed his number to be a Maple Leafs troll, so...
0: 69? 67. Oh. Uh,
2: People keep believing you when you say that. Yeah, I know. They think that's actually the reason why he picked it. I don't know why he picked it, but I'm, I've am i made up my own reason, and I'm sticking with it.
1: Yeah. Let, who is your next jer- meme jersey? I have no idea. Because you had Ott I, I, and You know, with I don't get to, you don't get to pick. It they pick It just happens you. organically. Right, yeah. yeah. That
0: makes All right, sense. So, Ryan,
2: let's make our prediction. Okay. Who his next meme jersey is going to be.
1: Oh, based on the Red Wings lineup? Yeah. Who, who's it going to be? uh that's There's so many candidates <laughs> that's tough it might be madison bowie honestly you know is the grit per 60 high enough do you think he j- i think he caves to the
2: helm is elite jokes
1: yeah that's the only actually you're right that's the only reasonable outlook because no one has the grit per 60 to really match up so he has to kind of go out of the box and rowan and and company might actually get to him
0: who am i taking
1: darren helm oh you might grab his jersey Does he have twitter no
0: oh then uh, clearly it's not very oh
2: active. so we're looking for actual interaction okay who's the most active red wing on twitter oh it'll be it's not a meme
1: pick anymore but i could i could see tyler bertuzzi something happening oh of course it's gonna be tyler bertuzzi You see the pictures of him partying this summer i thought it was evan for a second could be one of the boys it was well he was he is one of the boys true he, he's a leader of the boys yeah um Someone uh, on Reddit described the Red Wings as like a, they were talking about teams where you have a hard time hating them. Like there's no real, like dirty players. Someone brought up the Red Wings. I'm like, do you remember when you all, you were all screaming for Bertuzzi to be crucified like six months ago? Yeah, but we only have one. Yeah. I mean, Larkin was like had the 10th most penalty minutes in the league or something like that. Yeah, but he's Dylan Larkin. You can't hate the Dungeon Master. No. Uh, Vili Sariarvi. I'm not going to talk about who he is as a player. I'm going to talk about what his career trajectory looks like. Showed a lot of promise two, three years ago. Thought maybe he could be what essentially Hironic is doing right now where he is in the lineup. Um, Thought, you know, a big year in Grand Rapids and he can step up. Has disappointed now almost two seasons in a row in terms of where he's been. A lot of that's been usage and a lot of that has been opportunity, but he has also been given the opportunity and has just not impressed. Now, it's not like the team's giving up on him. So far, but at this point, his projection is looking downwards. It's looking just like uh, this project didn't pan out. Um, He's not exactly outpacing anybody ahead of him, which is kind of tough because there's not a lot of talent ahead of him. So in a draft where they just picked, you know, however many defensemen, all of them who they were basically home run swings, saying if they pan out, they're going to pan out. Really sorry, Harvey's on his last legs as a pro with the Red Wings. He really, really has to blow everyone out of the water with probably limited opportunity this year. If it's not already a foregone conclusion, it's very likely that he's not going to you know, pan out for this team. It's unfortunate. It's not happy to think about considering the amount of raw talent he has, but it's been some time and it would be surprising. Not impossible because anyone with that amount of talent can't turn it around, but it would be surprising if he did this season and then all of a sudden made a case to be a, a solid Red Wings player in the future. Yeah, especially considering the Red Wings just went deep.
2: On right defense, yeah. uh, in free agency in the draft over the last couple of years, because now when you're looking at long term pro- projections, he's going to be up against Lindstrom, Tasky, uh, Hronik, Cider for spots. And uh, am I betting on him to take full time spots from any of them no. for the foreseeable future? Right now, no, I wouldn't be
1: betting on it. Misto shoots left. Nope, shoots right. Shoots right. Got it. That's their second. That's their first second round pick. Yeah, complete. Complete right-side defense depth chart
2: real quick is Hronick, Green, Bowie, Daly, Kasky, Lindstrom, Sariarvi Sider, Regula, Tuomisto, Barton, Holway, Berglund. Jeez. That's
0: a lot of bodies. That's a lot of bodies. He
2: is, uh, yeah, he's got a real uphill battle. So he can't just be good in Grand Rapids this year. He quite honestly has to lead that crew in scoring by a comfortable margin because he's not going to get by on his defensive prowess. Mm -hmm. He's made himself a capable defender at the HL level, which is great that he's at least made strides in that department, but that's not his thing as a player. He needs to be an offensive dynamo. So if he's not putting up north of 50 points in Grand Rapids this year, I don't see him sticking with the team.
0: Yeah, Strikes me as a guy who's going to go back overseas at some point.
1: Did he come – well, he came up through North America, right?
0: Yeah, he did. He played in the USHL
1: and
2: then played in the OHL and then Grand, Rap- Grand I, Rapids.
1: I wouldn't be surprised to see him bounce to another organization. Same thing with Joe Hicketts. Reclamation. Under different circumstances, but yeah. yeah, could uh, Another team could pick it up and say at least this is death for AHL squad.
2: Yeah, <laughs> And that would be
0: about it. Yeah.
2: And actually the one thing we didn't even talk about while talking about the depth chart is how the absolute glut of defensemen in North America right now basically almost assures – is going to Mannheim this year. Because where, where are you putting him? He's, he absolutely would need to come here and just straight up steal a guy's job. Yeah. Because you're not just bumping a guy down the lineup. He literally is going to make Grand Rapids would have to send Sari Rv
1: to Toledo or to another organization. Yep. And that's expected. We knew that. Or we, we predicted as much when they drafted him. And not a certainty, but in all likelihood, he'll be there. And that's good. They, you mean they went out and scouted Mannheim's um, program personally. And yeah. I've, we've only heard excellent things about, you know, that German program over there uh, since drafting Sider. So he's in good hands for the year. He'll be over soon enough. Uh, some quick hits. Uh, there is a top 20 NHL centers list. And uh, Larkin wasn't on it. And I looked at that list and I went, you know, I, I have a hard time picking who would you would take off in favor of Larkin. We'll just assume he was number 21. Uh, Do you see Robin Lehner's trophy that he gave him?
0: I saw it when I was hammered.
1: Yeah, it was the Jennings Trophy that he won. It was the Jennings Trophy, right? Masterton, I believe. Right, that makes sense. I don't know why I thought it was the Jennings. Um, and it was addressed to Robin Laner, New York Rangers.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
1: that lead, This league cannot do right by what that What team guy. does this
0: guy play for? Ah, one of the New York ones. It's New
1: York. Fifty-fifty. 50-50. Just throw whatever on there. Yeah.
0: Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk got
1: signed by Tampa Bay, fulfilling the prophecy. Um I think that's a sneaky good pickup. That by guy
0: them. is going to put up so many points this yeah. year. Yeah,
1: it's going to be a bounce back year for him. He's going to be the best value, what, $2 million, $1.2 million contract there is. Well, he-, he said
0: he was rattled that he got bought out by the Rangers. So yeah. not only does he have a chip on his shoulder, so does Tampa. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that guy's going to Norris winner. Kevin Shattenkirk, hot take right here. Oh, that is a hot take. This is the hottest of Where's hot takes. Where's the take. bell? <laughs> yeah. it's bell? We got rid of it for your hot takes. Yeah, I think I'd throw up if you rang out there
1: right now. One <laughs> $1.75 million. Honestly, even if you're not high on Kevin Shattenkirk, you have to pick him up for one point seven five if you're a team that's trying to compete. Absolutely.
0: He have to live in Florida on an absolutely stacked team. Yeah, that's absolutely With no income, sta- income tax. We are going to head over to...
1: Overtime brought to us by our Patreon supporters uh, Who are privy to things like our Patreon exclusive episodes One of which we released uh, last Wednesday The one that we were talking about Where Brad and I did that best cap compliant roster uh, mock draft We uh, do have some more episodes to come soon We have some catching up to do um, the draft in June Uh, Didn't throw a wrench in things That's how it goes around this time of year But uh, we are going to backtrack and make sure uh, We catch up on every monthly uh, Patreon exclusive episode so thank you guys. And another bonus, their comments get read out on air guaranteed as our way of saying thank you for supporting the Winged Wheel podcast. Don Mitchell says, what's good, boys? As of recording, I'll be in the LCA playing really bad hockey with really good people. Wish me luck. I even brought my patent pending as seen on TV. Not really. Stay fresh cheese bag. God damn it, guys. <laughs> I don't know why I brought it, but here we are. What's been the coolest and weirdest stadium giveaways you've received at a game? Um... Uh, Coolest was the Lidstrom poster, like the Littstrom number five poster I that got. That one right there? Yes, that's the one.
0: Didn't they do the Gordy Howe one too? I like that Which one. Which is right behind it. Yes. <laughs> um,
1: weirdest one that I got? Right behind you. What's that? D-Boss. Oh, yeah. The D-Boss ones are funny. Um, I think the winter classic where they gave you those cushions because your butt would be so cold on the frozen bleachers of the big house. I mean, it was useful, but it was definitely weird. I haven't really been privy to any truly weird ones yet. Um, Um, Any game I've been at. any sport. He says, let's play some over-under with a cap specialist who killed it with their team in the Patreon episode. An unprepared host who swears a lot in a hungover Evan. (laughs) Did I swear a lot that episode? I think that was just on the Kevin LeBanc. Oh yeah Uh, How was I supposed to be We we decided three hours before (laughs) Simply gets the over under for the upcoming season Larkin goals 30.5 Over or under Over
0: 30.5 Yeah
1: so over or under 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 I have under I hate you both Yeah I'm sorry Uh, Mantha Games lost to injury Over or under 14.5 Under Uh, He's got to get through one (laughs) Without breaking his hand yeah I'll, Uh, I'll go under as well
0: Under yeah
1: uh, Athens CU points sixty four point five under.
0: What was it? Sixty sixty
1: four and a half. Under. I'm sorry, guys, but under. Uh, times Ken Daniels will will refer to Glenn Denning's faceoff percentage oh, three thousand oh. one hundred and three and a half over. per game over yeah, over over <laughs> <laughs> uh, games played for Z- for Zadina thirty five and a half over.
0: I'll take the over. I'll just say under. No one else is. Uh,
1: Red Wings points in the standings sixty eight and a half. Over,
0: over because that's a really low bar. Yeah,
1: I probably, that's like Ottawa levels of bad. Yeah, I, I would put them closer to like seventy five to eighty. I think.
2: Yeah, depending how the roster shakes out, there's, there's a reality in which I actually hate this year's
1: roster less than last year's. Uh, as always, you're killing, killing it with the content, and thank you for filling the summer void left with no hockey season. Cheers, Don. Uh, Joseph D'Elia says, "Sup boys? Uh, with Detroit most likely getting a top five pick or so in the next year's draft, and Cole Perfetti lighting it up right now, what's your go-to lunch meat? Ham, turkey, or roast beef? Uh, Also going to try to go to the home opener in the meetup. I'll be the one wearing a Wings jersey. (laughs) Good job, as always, keeping us entertained. P.S. I was screaming at Ryan to take LeBanc, but Brad won by a landslide. I know the LeBanc. Um, All right, go to lunch meat. What were
2: the options? Ham, turkey, or roast beef. So we're talking about like lunch meat for a sandwich? Yeah. That's roast beef.
0: I'm gonna go ham because I love Italian cured ham. Yeah,
1: Italian ham. Like if you're, we're going the ham products are so much better. I'm, I'm actually. Dude, you live near Vincenzo? Yes. you can get
0: a rare roast beef sandwich, and you can also near, get
1: amazing Italian hams oh, at Vincenzo's. Oh, they're so
0: good. Five ninety nine. whole
1: and good. they used to be four ninety nine. They raised them by a dollar, and I said thank you. That's how good they are. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, roast beef is fine. Turkey, turkey fine. <laughs> you blasphemer. <laughs> I think turkey is a prank played on us. By P, I don't know who. It's not as good as people think it is.
0: Yeah, that's. It's not
1: even in my top five. It's fine. It's that turkey is fine. Uh, that was the meat you were looking to use that word on there, Ryan. I would. I, if turkey is fine, that's a good day for turkey in my mind. Bama ring wing. Bama Red Wings fan says a few this or that questions. One, Android or Apple? Apple, because I've been too lazy. to Android. Apple, although that I don't know. Well for we're talking phones i'll go apple and and i can't stress enough how little i care about this topic (laughs) xbox one or playstation uh what we own uh, pc playstation neither uh beer or liquor beer beer zero please (laughs) (laughs) your favorite team and sport that you follow other than detroit uh buffalo bills football i'm a big detroit sports fan lions in the nfl or liverpool and
2: wait the EPL. he said other sport right i can't say yeah. kitchen or rangers for junior hockey no yeah yeah okay
1: bills
0: oh god uh, i guess the blue jays uh favorite
1: snack to eat watching the wings play bleach <laughs> uh hot wings uh. hot wings is a good one
2: um Nachos is clutch But
1: nachos You have to be somewhere I just can't make Good enough nachos at home No There's something about Like the amount of MSG They use in restaurant nachos Yeah It's like Have you
0: ever had The Ethel's Pulled Pork nachos
1: Yes Real good Yes
0: Yeah those are 100% Those are so
1: good That place was rumored to close And and I'm very happy about that Okay
2: but on the hot wings The important question here Drums or
0: flats Okay I'm a flat guy I do appreciate the drums But I'm a flat guy That's
1: exactly me I appreciate the drum that is the correct answer. Yeah. flats is where it's I, at. Do you
0: get, I think you get more meat with a flat. You don't, yeah, because a you lot get of the drum, drum is better, you cartilage. Get
1: yeah, true. A lot of the drum is cartilage.
2: Yeah, you get the the actual meat
1: on the flats. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. And that was Marissa said. Haha, I'm a hashtag trendsetter. Uh, K was says, guys, guys, I did it. I put my boat in and it works. Gonna do stuff on the water now. If you didn't see what Rowan said, it stands for Bust Out Another Thousand. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, boats an acronym. Bring on another thousand! Uh, see, this is our, our resident, you know, one percenter over <laughs> here is the one who's supposed to be able to tell us that.
0: Man, the amount of my friends who have seadews, all they do is repair them. Yeah, their seadews are always f- messed up.
1: We go to a cottage every. I even caught himself there. He's evolving. He is. He's doing real
0: great. <laughs> yeah, it's a family show, everybody.
1: <laughs> we we go to a cottage every year, uh, and my friend has a boat there, and he always reminds us like. Get your boating license, get your boating license, otherwise you can't drive the boat. I'm like, I have no interest in driving the damn boat. Are you kidding me? I can't drink my beer if I'm driving the boat. Exactly. That's your problem. Plop me on the floor if I have to go in the boat. That's fine. I'll sit on the lily pad otherwise. Um, anywho, what's the style of hockey you'd implement if you were a coach of the wings? Uh, East-West, pass only backwards, give up the puck every opportunity, dump and chase. That's what we already do. <laughs> no, uh, um... Uh, high,
2: high pressure, like, and I'm not talking just offensively high pressure all over the ice. This team is not a team that's going to win most of their one-on-one battles given the, the depth of skill on the team. So they just need to swarm the puck at all points and everything they do is high pace. I know it's which a- Blasio kind of already does in some respects. So I'll give him that, but a lot it of this just is- needs
1: to be all or nothing. A lot of this is a personnel thing. Um, it's a weird example because they got swept, but Tampa Bay uh, basically deployed a system where it was a possession game. They had their highest skilled players running the breakouts, and then they gave multiple options for every breakout. And that kind of system, to me, does do really well. You do have to be able to get around the Columbus who's going to adapt to you and not just try to stubbornly do the same thing for you. You're in a row. way
2: ahead of me here. You're assuming the Red Wings are going to have possession. I'm more worried about just getting the puck. <laughs>
1: Uh, Hassam Al-Khassam says, so this is my first season playing ball hockey, and last week my team got our first point. A shootout loss. We're not 0-4-1. I'm very bad, but enjoying myself. Any advice? Uh, Cardio, cardio, cardio. Uh, And practice. Like, my ball hockey season just finished this week,
2: so I'm completely checked out of that now and it's back to ice but
1: brad's uh forehead vein is bulging so i'll do this for you brad brad what? scored the overtime winner oh. to win the championship for his ball hockey <laughs> league. yeah it was a big moment it was a big moment um when will you guys release the shut up brad shirts okay i'm working on something in the background regarding apparel they're coming i promise you that's <laughs> one that's actually coming The jokes really died down over the last couple of years is it because they got bored of the joke or that's no, because they don't have shirts. We're going to give them shirts for it. Okay. Uh, I'll see you guys at the home opener. Definitely see you there. Uh, Rowan wants a couple of shut-up shirts. It's a good choice. Uh, Chris Cannell says, Boys, I uh, have to make a correction to my OT question from last week. I meant to say, Is there a way that a player not on an ELC to have their contract slide a year if they don't play nine games? Oh, no. 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 Uh, also, would you be a fan of this rule if it was instituted? Uh, no, because no. we need to get out
2: from most of those. If, if you don't want the guy on the roster and he's outside of an ELC, uh, yeah, you want to get that
1: contract with over as soon as possible. Do you guys have a preseason favorite draft prospect for Detroit that are not named Raymond or LaFrenier? I mean, yeah, Holtz or uh, Byfield. Byfield? Right yeah, Byfield right now. Um, Wouldn't hate Drysdale. I've, Drysdale's
2: been growing on me. Uh, and again, depending where we pick, if we're picking outside of the top five, I might take a real long, hard look at Askarov.
1: Uh, at the moment, I really like Cole Perfetti after he just tore up the Helinka. It's going to be so entertaining to watch all the top-end prospects this year. Have a good one, as always, guys. Marissa says, more this or that. Apple juice or OJ? OJ. Apple oh, juice. OJ. OJ with pulp.
0: Oh, yeah. You I'm monster. A, I'm a pulp guy. Yeah,
1: I love pulp. Uh, Monsters. Coke, Coke or Dr. Pepper? Coke. 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 Uh, steak or ribs? Steak. Ribs. Steak. Really? Ribs. I, you know what? Oh, ribs not far okay. behind.
0: I'm a pork guy.
1: Uh, you can get some really good sauces on with like a good, even a good dry rub on ribs can make a huge difference. Oh yeah. I am steak. Uh, I have to admit, I'm not proud of this, but I ruined a couple steaks yesterday. It's I all th-
0: part of the, the process. Yeah,
1: I am not proud of myself. I'm very angry. Mel was told me a million times it's fine, it's okay. They still turned. They still turned out all right. But they were thinner than I anticipated. The pan wasn't as hot as I wanted. I didn't get the crust I want, Anyways, uh, jazz or country? Uh, uh, jazz. Not country. I'm going to say, yeah, not country is my
2: answer. I don't, I don't have any particular fondness of jazz, but country is the worst.
1: Rock or rap? Rock. Uh,
0: <sighs> it's, God, it's close. Three Days Grace. Is that rock? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think kidding. that's alternative
1: rap. Uh, football or soccer? Football. Uh, Football by
0: a hair I haven't I don't even know
1: Books or movies Honestly there was a time in my life where I would have said books But in the age of being tired Always movies Just being able to sit in a cold dark room and watch a good movie Over the years I've become a movie snob So I'm going to stick with that answer as well I don't
0: even remember the last time I read a book
1: uh, minty gum or fruity? I stopped during undergrad, and I'm forcing myself to start back
0: I up. I think I just have terrible nightmares of reading in university. So yeah, just it ruins you. I never I read all the time before university. As soon as I got to university, haven't read a book yeah. since. Okay, this
2: is gonna be a blasphemous answer that I know I'm gonna get yelled at for. The reason I, I the main reason I much prefer movies is because I don't have the time for books. No, but then no one has time for books. Nobody does. And I don't like I can get through a movie in two hours, whereas if the equivalent book is gonna take me a couple months to get through because I'll be
1: reading it five minutes at a time uh minty gum or fruity gum depends on the purpose minty i'm a mint guy overcast day or sunny 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 overcast better for golf oh yeah you you start uh adam Flett says morning all is this the longest summer on record can't remember what hockey looks like it seems like it eh uh depth chart chat do we have enough potential top six or nine forwards uh quick answer no uh (laughs) adequate forwards no i can't remember who did a report last year grading teams uh uh, depth charts but wondered if there's one out there worth a read as i said longest summer ever yeah if you look at dom's um quality of contract charts it's not the same but it'll give you a good idea on who's an effective player right now it's not black and white as to who's a good top nine forward because a player could be a good top six or top nine forward who's just being paid too much but that's a good it'll give you some uh a good foundation and if you're looking for optimism don't um Last thing, as a prospect tournament is around the corner, what lineup are you, lineups are you most hoping to see? What players are you excited about? For me, it's mostly Rasmussen. He's catching a lot of heat just now, and I just want him to turn that into fuel and show some great gains and improvements. Is he able to play in that? I'm not sure. Because uh, I was going to say, I would, because I know uh, Hiroshi and Zidane are eligible, so I would love to see them flank Valeno in that tournament. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for every Red Wings oh, top end prospect. Um, anyways, hope all is well with Brad's pregnancy and Evan's hangover. Good luck, guys. Uh, How r- did he know? Oh, I put it in the uh, episode. Oh, okay. It was the... <laughs> Hold on, I'll read it to you. Uh, overtime thread. Evan's impending hangover edition. That's what I titled the oh. Patreon post. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I hope you know the uh, creative license I take with your personal lives when I make these titles.
0: I'm very predictable these days. You are.
1: Um, Rowan says, good day, dud-duds. Going to be honest, uh, I'm pretty hyped about the Wallabies beating the All Blacks on Saturday night. What did you Me think? too. What did you think of the red card handed out? Boy, was it red. Bullshit. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> An atrocity to the sport.
1: Uh, of what? what sport? I have no idea. (laughs)
0: Rugby? Uh, As the Rugby
1: World Cup nears, there's no doubt about it. I'm fully on board and ready to get hurt again by the inevitable Wallabies failure, even though the game planning and execution in the last two test matches has been superb. Big rematch this next weekend in Auckland. Who you got? The Wallabies, of course. Who else? You ride that hype train until the end. Maybe you've covered this in your content. However, from what you've caught from the Holinka, any surprises or thoughts on some of the players? Is Askarov a top 10 pick, for example? Excellent deduction, Rowan. That's exactly what we talked about. And it um, seems like pretty firmly yes thus far. Uh, I was going to say, I didn't catch enough of the other countries to really get a, a massive surprise player. If I had to pick a surprise player, I'll get Justin Surdif was
2: uh, better than I thought.
1: Jersey Time copped a bit of heat on the old Twitter machine about my stance against people actively buying fake jerseys. Anyways, it's a hill I'll die on for a number of reasons. However, we digress. Not sure we have done the W yet. So what are your favorite WHL jerseys? This is a tough one. There are some great ones out there. Oh, Make the, it top three no order. The dub. I would have to even think about the jerseys. Like, yeah, I gotta it's gonna take me a minute because there's a lot
0: of good ones out west. Uh a amen- brand, a Brandon Wheatkings, do they play? Yeah,
2: theirs are good. Uh I'm a fan of the Vancouver Giants. Everett Silvertips are good. Um there's more I'm, I'm the Seattle Thunderbirds, I'm a sucker for the classic Whalers look. The Wheat Kings- I don't like are they actually good jerseys or are they just classic jerseys? No, they got the uh, they got that middle bar now with the black. Oh, yellow they're veggies. very similar yeah, to the yeah. Waterloo Wolves here actually. Seattle Thunderbirds is definitely my top. Yeah. Uh
1: I'm I'm running through
2: the rest of the teams right now in my head and I'm just trying to think of red deers. Red, red deers? deers are alright. They're yeah, not anything know, okay. special.
1: I don't know. I'm gonna actually take a uh I'm gonna wait on these ones because I need to make sure I yeah, read through all of them. Cause I actually can't think of them all. The I'm
2: top definitely forgetting some, but Seattle, Everett, Vancouver, off the top of my head. Let me see, Moose
1: Jaw, the Warriors. They're all right. No, not a big fan of those. Uh, can I keep going on his? Saskatoon's court? are pretty good. Yeah, Saskatoon's are pretty good. They're not bad. I, I hated them at first, but they grew on me. Uh, Remember, when you're buying authentic licensed jerseys, only use Stay Fresh cheese bags for shipping to keep your precious cargo safe and dry so it's minty fresh when you get it. Stay Fresh cheese bags. The jersey snob's choice. Weirdos. Uh, Over to Reddit. Gordy, how you doing? Says, off-season, terrible question incoming. Uh, Albin Grava is nicknamed the T-Rex. What other dinosaurs would you consider the other players to be?
2: Nicholas Cronell, any of them.
1: (laughs) He is a dinosaur. Yes. Uh, Larkin would be a velociraptor.
2: Yep, I can see that. Um,
1: who else? What else? Dude, who's a big lumbering one? Doesn't do much.
2: Jonathan Erickson is a brachiosaurus.
1: That's what, kind of what I was thinking about. Yep. Um,
2: what would Mantha be? There's got to be a good one for Mantha.
0: What's a triceratops. I don't know why. I just want to say
1: Triceratops. Isn't that not even a real dinosaur? Yeah, it's a real dinosaur. What's what?
0: the one that flies? Pterodactyl, yeah.
2: Athanasius, yeah. Athanasius is a pterodactyl.
1: Yeah, their names are pretty much spelled exactly the same. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, there's a silent p in Athanasius as well. Uh, b- shout out to Bell's Beer, best beer on uh, Reddit. Uh, we've been Reddit buddies for a little while. And he just caught on that uh, I was one of the hosts on the pod. Hey man. Oh. Uh, Deathman six four five two says, "Hey fellas, it's been a minute since I've had time to comment. I still enjoy all the content you guys put out to try to get any Red Wings fan." Uh, and I try to get to get, to get any Red Wings fan to give the pod a listen. Hey, thanks. We always appreciate when you guys do that. Like, if you want to support the show in other ways, get your Red Wings fan or hockey fan friends to listen. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Call your mom. She misses you. Uh, uh, hockey question: If you were the GM, and if you were the GM, would you ever uh, peek at social media to see what fans think? Absolutely do you, not. Do you think it has value, or do you think there's some valuable input? The only way I'd peek at social media is to see what experts who are not actively hired by teams think.
2: Uh, I would absolutely keep a track uh, of social media, but I would only factor in their influence when it comes to, I'll call it vanity decisions, like retiring Fedorov's number, who the captain should be, what's like, is the coach falling out of favor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would, that kind of stuff. But when it came to roster decisions, I could care less what the fans say.
1: Um... Random question. How many people is reasonable at a wedding? My lady wants 100. I want 40 to 50. Side note, we're paying for this ourselves. Huh. Jeez, I huh.
0: Joke's on you. You want 50, you're getting 150, bud. Me
1: and my wife
2: had to cut to get to 150.
0: So, I'm uh, of Middle Eastern descent. I'm Chaldean. Four. Oh, well, Ryan's going to have 20,000 people. Ryan's going to have the city of Waterloo
1: there. <laughs> yeah. Um Mel and I were talking about this a while back. We went to a wedding where there was like a lot of people, supposedly, and it was like 400. Jesus. Well, that's I said that to my mom after, and we both laughed. The minimum, if I have a wedding where I invite all the people that I'm traditionally supposed to invite, I'm clearing 7-800. <laughs> that is absurd. I have 62 first cousins.
2: <laughs> 62 first cousins On my mom's side, I have two
1: <laughs> I can't even think of 62 people I like If you add up all your cousins, total, all of your cousins it's That would add up to the number of my first cousins that I haven't even met
0: Does that mean you get to go to their weddings though? I don't,
1: it's kind of dying off after generation But pretty much I'm the generation where like They all go to each other's weddings and then they give a ton of money so I pretty much have to invite them to get my parents' investment back. And that's how you pay for that massive wedding. It all, they, it's just you give an inordinate, inordinate amount to those weddings... It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, all the uh, money we got at our weddings went straight back into the bank account because <laughs> we paid for our wedding our goddamn selves. Uh, PM Me, your spiciest, says, offseason uh, bullshit hypothetical time. Are there any rules in the CBA that specifically allow or disallow players to take much less than market value? Nope. You can all, if you
2: wanted to do a super team, you could absolutely do it. But there's no player in the right mind other than Kevin LeBanc who's ever
1: going to agree to do that. Screw you, Kevin LeBanc. The Players Association gets pissy when teams do it, or when players do it. So that's – and they'll get a lot of pressure to not. there's no rule against it. uh, Say – oh, yeah, and then he asks about it. No, yeah, they could all take one-year, $1 million deals. It's technically legal. There will be a big fuss kicked up. When Eisenman signed his $1 million extensions, teams weren't happy about that. Or uh, the PA wasn't happy about that, I remember.
0: What are we, the NBA?
1: (sighs) yeah. Uh Winged Squigger says how's it going guys I have uh, since it's been a while I've left a, it's been a while since I've left a comment I'll ask some random off season questions one what is the best dessert ooh, ooh. lemon based anything or pavlova's/meringues put a
0: cheesecake in my mouth right now um, three slices of cheesecake last night yeah showing by any, I know <laughs> any cheesecake any pie not lemon based apple is king i'm a big pecan tart guy too Oh, Butter Tarts for the world. I'm a Butter Tart guy. Maple
1: Tarts, underrated.
0: My boss makes Butter Tarts and brings them in. It's an addiction,
1: Mm. for sure. Butter Tarts are like, you have them as a kid. You're like, how do these taste so good? And when you're an adult, you're like, oh, this is everything I should not be having. Yes. Yes. Uh, Two, since I'm working all day at a summer camp, what's your most embarrassing childhood memory that you have?
0: Uh, Uh, Yeah, I'm going to say that on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah...
1: I, uh, I've always had a small bladder. and When I was a kid, there was a lot of traffic in the Windsor-Detroit tunnel once. That's Everybody pisses their
0: pants at some point, Ryan. Yeah. Some more recently than others. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rough
0: night, Evan? Uh, could have been worse, to be honest.
1: Um, and to answer his own questions, uh, one, it's either chocolate, chocolate chip cookies or creme brulee, and two, getting a small plastic boulder stuck up my nose when I was three. <laughs> Is this Homer Simpson? (laughs) Uh, Time for our Twitter questions. Lars uh, Thorzel says, question one, if you ever decided on a theme song, which tune would it be for the podcast? Mr. Mr. Dub Dubolina? I don't know what
0: that is. Can we Uh, use Arrested (laughs) Development's intro?
1: Yeah, I think that would be a fun one. Um, You guys tell us, what would your recommendation be for a podcast theme song? (laughs) (laughs) How would it not be Malcolm in the Middles for us? Oh,
2: yeah. That's a
1: good one, I don't too. I remember that one. Life is unfair. Oh. What? You're not the boss of me now. Oh, yeah. Question two How likely do you think uh, we are to see trades out of Detroit before the season starts? And if you think we will, what's the most likely candidate? Uh, I'll say Trevor Daly, most likely candidate. Yeah. You're looking at if it's going to be a trade, it's going to be shipping a defenseman out. How likely? I'd give it 25%. Right now. Yeah. uh cheers from Norway yeah I accidentally said that once uh yeah okay so that's uh that's what we got for now unless did I was there one that I had oh uh Izerbaz says now that Fenton and Chirelli aren't in circulation who's the GM that other GMs can phone in every day and prey upon Jim Benning is the answer you want there
2: as long as the Aquilines are still the owners of uh the Canucks yes or if you have a, a decent player who's making less than his cap hit Ottawa and Pierre your best bet, then.
1: All right, so before we wrap up, uh, some quick announcements for you guys. It is almost that time of year, very, very close to the uh, home opener ticket giveaway. Uh, Our favorite giveaway of the year, where we give away two tickets to come see the Red Wings home opener with us, the host of the Winged Wheel podcast, uh, on October 6th. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And remember, as always, there is a guaranteed winner from Patreon. And it's also open to everyone on Twitter. Patrons, get a double dip on entries. Uh, So there's going to be two tickets given away. We're going to be drawing for that t-shirt giveaway soon. Uh, Lots else to be announced. Enjoy your summers. I would like to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Sky Carcass, Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Don Mitchell, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Sean Levine, Kaylin Wood, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, Hannah Lee. Love you all. Thank you. We will see you
0: next week.